welcome to the On the Whistle podcast. It's me, Alistair Howarth. Once again, Zane is unfortunately too busy to be with us. He thinks he's better than us. He's trying to move on to better things. I'm ashamed, but a man who will never leave this pod, who is loyal to a T, is here with me, Courtney Freeze. Courtney, how are you doing today? I am very, very well, and I will never, ever say a bad word about Zane Nabi. <laughs> All I'm saying is if you're listening on Spotify, you need to go into YouTube, check the video feed because Courtney, it looks like a man who's who's being held hostage at the moment. He's putting up signs. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Alistair. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, today is a good part, obviously, Courtney, to have your, your expertise because it's essentially the Courtney Freeze episode because we're talking bound or which means we're talking Salah. And Mane in particular. But before we get onto these stars of African football who've been honored, we want to go back and look back to another African star who you actually interviewed, Courtney, Fanny Madida, because we got a message about him on our YouTube from TB, who saw the video, saw the interview you did, which was excellent, and then and and commented saying many thanks to the video and to see and hear this legend after such a long time. I watched him playing live in the stands many, many times, both home and away with Besiktas ever since he was with us. He, he We loved and admired him so much. I also feel extra privileged and very proud to have Madida as my nickname among friends to this day. Many, many thanks for those wonderful memories, Fanny. Although he didn't score as many goals as we would have liked, his presence, dribbling, speed, timed assists, nice goals, and overall intelligent play were immense for the team. On the top of my head, I can remember him equalizing in the second leg of the 92-93 FA Cup semi-final away leg to Fenerbahce and a goal that took us to the cup final. He scored the second goal against Galatasaray in the 94 cup final and his contribution was massive at Besiktas as they won the FA Cup and Charity Shield and then won them the league in 95. That is amazing. The influence of Fanny Madida having a man in Turkey named out nicknamed after him. That's what we love to hear and we're glad. How How does that make you feel Courtney as a man who knows him and has interviewed him? You know you know you know, Alistair, we, 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 we do what we do firstly because we love it. We love doing the podcast. We love trying to bring people together and, and create these networks. But this is just special. This is just special for someone to take the time out to edge down those memories. Uh, speaking of Fanima Data, speaking of his excellence while playing in Europe, and then, you know, to be named off team as well, uh, I, I, I'm, I cannot wait to share this with Fanny Matita. I cannot wait. Uh, what a recollection um, of, of his excellence. Just something we should all be proud of. Absolutely. And I look forward to hearing what Fanny has to say about that. But I mean... It just goes to show if you've listened to our podcast, if you've watched us on YouTube, seen any of the interviews we've done with some of the legends of the African game, players like Kanu, players like Benwaso, Kato, Benny McCarthy, you know, Coach Pizzo Mosimani, Chris Hutton, among others, and even some who weren't who Africans but experienced our culture like Xavi Alonso. If you have memories of them, hit us up on our social medias, OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram and on the whistle podcast on Facebook and YouTube. Get in touch. We love to hear these stories. Thank you. He just signed off as TB, so we don't know his actual name, but thank you so much. This is an amazing story and, and I really can't wait to, to hear what Fanny has to say. But moving on from one legend 
to another. Last night, Sadio Mane became the first African to get on the Ballon d'Or podium since George Weah back in 1995. Reminder, George Weah is the only African to ever won it. Sadio came second, just behind Karim Benzema and above Kevin De Bruyne with Mohamed Salah coming in fifth and then Riyad Mahrez and Sebastian Aller also making the list in 12th and 13th. I said this was your time to shine, Courtney, because we're hearing about two of your favorite players who played for your club. Tell me, how good was Sadio Mane's year? I want to go back to George Weah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just gonna now, let me tell you, 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 you give Courtney an inch, he'll take a mile. <laughs> I got to go back to George Weah. Go ahead. There's a statistic there with George Weah that a lot of people may not know, is that George Weah... Uh, owes his football career to Arsene Wenger. And Arsene Wenger was in the studio that day. They wouldn't let him in to the Ballon d'Or celebration. Firstly, a man of his magnitude wasn't allowed in. He had no clothes. He had lost his suitcase. He gets into the Ballon d'Or. Then George Weah calls him up on stage, wins the Ballon d'Or and gives it to Arsene Wenger. So there's the story, firstly. That is an amazing story. We, we need, I look forward to getting George Ware on the podcast. To which George Ware tells, which George Ware himself tells. But let's come back to your original question. Sadio Mane, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I could say it in five years' time from now. A role model first, a juggernaut second in the terms of football. An absolute, unbelievable sportsman. And I can tell you this now. If it wasn't for the failure in the Champions League final, I think one and two may have been reversed. You cannot doubt what Benzema has done. Unbelievable. He's at the top end of his game, playing for a huge team. But Sadio Mane has blown teams out the water. Impossibly the strongest league in the world, consistently over time. And... Um, as an African, as Africans, we're just proud of his achievements. They're not an achievement for him and Senegal. They're an achievement for us. Yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, you think of, of the moments he's had this year, you know, the AFCON semifinal, when he scores the AFCON final, where he scores the winning penalty. Then again, in, in, in the World Cup qualifiers, you know, he scored in both semifinal Champions League matches against, uh, against Villarreal as Liverpool went to the final. A sensational season. You know, Courtney, I, I feel like, you know, we've talked about over the last three or four years, Liverpool has been this amazing team. But if there's been one person that has been the star player, it's Salah. You know, he's been the star man and he's been Africa's golden boy. And, and time and time again, we've talked about how, you know, Mane is the unsung hero. He's the one who's, who's, who's made, maybe not putting out the same numbers in terms of Salah, because let's not take it away from Salah. Salah is also our boy. And I think Ahmed would be upset with us if we didn't, we didn't get, give him his fair dues. But, Mane, is he finally, finally getting the credit that he is actually due, uh, the, the credit that he hasn't been given over the last years for what a sensational player he actually is? I, I think the credit he, he started getting in the last two years of his Liverpool contract because he was almost not first team on the sheet. He was becoming a player you could never have off the sheet. He had to play. He was such a big player. Now, every team has maybe three or four outstanding players and if they play well teams lose games and Sadio Mane was one of those players for Liverpool when he was still in the current squad it was him Van Dijk 
Alison, Marnie, and uh, Salah. Those are the players, right? If those guys performed at the peak of the ability, teams lost games. It's as simple as that. If they come with their A game, other teams leave with their Z game. So Sadio Mane, in the last few years of his contract at Liverpool, started, I felt, getting the, uh, the, the credit he deserved. An absolute, unbelievable footballer. But you, and we've got to go back to this humility aspect. I've got to mention this as well. He wins the African Nations Cup. He scores the, the, the winning penalty against Egypt. What does he do, Alistair? What does he do? He goes and empathizes with Mohamed Salah, you know, because he knows not only is that his fellow Liverpool uh, teammate know how distraught this guy would be for losing the game. And, and, and you know, it's those small things that are just huge, man. Uh, he, 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 the credit he deserves goes beyond football. It really goes. And I, I couldn't be more happy for him. Uh, and what he's done. That's why when Mohamed Salah said he wanted to leave Liverpool, hey, you've done enough, my man. Go. You've done enough. We can't keep taking your blood. So well done to him. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think I also shouldn't be lost that, you know, Mane, like we've said, he's 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 Africa's player. He's the people's champion. You know, he, you know, and and I'm you know, I don't want to necessarily you know, disparage Karim Benzema unnecessarily, but, you know, over the last few years, he's he's had to appear in court over, you know, blackmail trial, and, you know, we'll see how that kind of turns out. But at the same time, Mane has, you know, opened a hospital back in Mambale, you know, and he's invested more than, I think, a million dollars in investment and infrastructure in schools and hospitals back home. He supports the entire village with monthly support packages. You know, he's, do, he's, he's literally doing the work that every government should be doing, whilst playing as a professional footballer and and that was also recognized last night as he got the soccer, the, the first ever Socrates award which uh, which is given for outstanding humanitarian work and, and to be honest you know Mane probably deserves it every year because the work he does but, I love what you said there bring the work every government should be doing but listen I, I think you got a very valuable point there let's not detract from the winner you know the way this guy has won the Ballon d'Or so you've got to look at the extraction of world-class players from the Real Madrid team to more of a team unit designed around him. So the team is looking for someone else to flourish at the pinnacle of the game so that the team can continue achieving great heights. And the only horse they've got to back in there is Benzema. But he doesn't just have the name. He has the performances that go along with it. So the team starts to perform against big teams. Look what they did to dismantle Chelsea. Look at how they dismantled Chelsea after being 3-1 down. His performances, if you look at uh, El Clasico, the latest El Clasico, his performances in that, this guy is just having a stellar period when big names have left Real Madrid to leave him there on his own. Uh, now the team is starting to formulate around him. They've lost not only good attackers, but good defenders as well. Uh, and with a stellar manager that they currently have, the team is doing exceptionally well. I think he is in the prime of his career. Um, obviously, the trial, we're not saying whether he's uh, innocent or guilty. They've got nothing to do with us at this point in time. Excuse me, until judgment is passed. But this player deserves the Ballon d'Or for his period of excellence he's put in when he's on his own in terms of quality in a big team. 
you know. I'm not saying he's the only great player in that team, in the front line he is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you're absolutely right. I, th- I agree with you. I think Benzema is a worthy winner. But I also agree with what you said earlier. You know, if that Champions League final had gone slightly differently, I, oh, think, yes. I think it would have been near impossible to deny. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Know, the, the other thing I want to talk to you about, Courtney, is is, you know, Mane and Salah were not the only two Africans to make onto the list. We had four, which I believe is a record number of Africans on the top 25 in the Ballon d'Or. We had Riyad Mahrez and Sebastian Aller. And one thing struck me when thinking about all four of these players is that all four of them are at the peak of their powers. They're all in their late 20s, early 30s. And and we haven't seen any young Africans on the Ballon d'Or, nor did we see any on the Golden Boy list, which also celebrates players I, I think under the age of 21 so you know and and it, it raises a question to me all four of these players as well you know Mane, Salah, Aller, Maris they all were fairly late bloomers you know Maris didn't kick on until he hit Leicester in his early tw- and mid-20s Salah showed a lot of potential at Chelsea but had to go out uh, and come back eventually he you know, had an amazing spell at Roma and Mane you know another good example you know had to grind it had to go to Mainz to Salzburg to come back to Salenton then to Liverpool and so I want to ask you Courtney why why do you think African players at the very, very top, you know, the top 25 players in the world. Why do you think that they're, you know, they seem to be maturing at a later age than than a lot of their European counterparts? And we're not seeing as many young African players at the top of, of world football. Alice, I don't think there's one easy answer for that question. Um, I, I, I don't think I could say because of this, this is why the players are not coming through at a younger age. Um, we, we, we touched on this a few weeks back where we were talking about the collection of young football stars around the world. And on that, that list, there were quite a few African youngsters. Uh, they, they were on there, but not really cracking it into first team. These were people with potential to become fantastic players. Um, if I must be answer, I, I'm not too sure why that... Uh, the players are maturing and getting better. But I would then say Benzema is maturing and getting better. He's not African. There he goes, you know. He, he's turning the screws at the top end at the game at a very, uh, at not as, at his young age, you know. Um, I think we should just be very grateful to have four stars. And um, I'm going to point out something because a few months ago, I was chasing down Sebastian Haller. I'm telling you, chasing him down when he was pulling up trees at Ajax. I'm telling you, breaking down palm trees. And I got hold of Ajax and they said to me, we don't have an African in our team. And I thought, oh my gosh, this lady don't know. <laughs> Their main striker is African. But uh, I was just happy that he, he, he received his award, obviously with his, his health problems as well, but fully deserved. Um, Long may this trend continue. Long may Africans get on this list. Long may good players get on this list. Not just Africans, just good players. We want a great representation. Yes, we're an African podcast. Yes, we talk about African stars, but we want to appreciate everyone who's just doing well. Absolutely. I, th- I think that that needs to be a whole podcast in itself. That question of why, why youngsters maybe aren't coming through in, in the same way and then they wait until you later to come through. I think the other shame looking at this list is we have four on the list and three of them won't be at the World Cup. Um, but the main man of the night, Sadio Mane, will be leading Senegal at the World Cup. And we can't wait for that. 
Courtney also referenced the, the other podcast we did do on five of the most exciting young talents on the continent, including one from Cape Town. So for, for the South Africans, is one to get excited over or is it too much hype? I never know with, with South Africans, <laughs> um, but go back and have a listen to that. And as well as all of the amazing content we've had over the years, we mentioned some of the people we've interviewed, some of the great legends of our game you know that that we've had on this podcast as well as some of the timeless conversations we've had about things like the African Super League uh like the AFCON and and you know a lot, you know I think for me a personal favorite was the episode we did with Kalusha Bwalia about the greatest African number 10s of of our of, of our time um so please go back and listen to those on our podcast feed or wherever you listen or watch the podcast but thank you so much Courtney I, I said we try and keep it tighter we've gone over a bit but there's not that's to be expected with with the Liverpool boys on offer thanks so much Courtney Freeze. oh Alison you're not going to ask me about uh, Liverpool's outstanding results against Man City <laughs> that's the wrong podcast <laughs> Oh, well, I, I'm just going to talk about, we're talking African stars here. You've got to look at how Mohamed Salah pulled that ball out of the sky, almost like, and I don't know if you, how well you know cricket, Alistair. I don't know how well you know yeah. cricket. You, I don't know if you remember an, uh, a West Indian bowler called Courtney Walsh. She used to be steaming in and pull the ball out the clouds and push <laughs> it down for a Yorker. That's how the ball came to Mohamed Salah and he trapped it. Uh, and I hope a lot of people out there noticed he trapped it with his right leg that people say he can't use and then stormed forward and beautifully caressed it with a curl round Edison to give us the three points. We are a broken team at the moment who beat Man City. Let's end it. Ladies and gentlemen, Courtney Freeze, who can turn a single touch of a football into a whole podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> Take care, Alistair.